Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast. Today, we've got Andrew Ford. He's from Denver, Colorado. He's a realtor. And before we say a big hello to him, I wanted to let you know that uh, the app, it's called Mindset Boosters, has just come out. It lets you decide how you want to show up in life, how you want to act and feel. It's got about 55 tracks. And on a day that you're feeling like the magic isn't there, you can listen to a track called Unstoppable. And it isn't motivational. It shows you how to change the way you use your mind so you instantly become more confident, more powerful. It's uh, my contribution to the world, showing you how to take charge of your mindset so you build the life that you want. And Andrew is helping people build the life they want through real estate. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Mar. Thank you for having me. Brilliant. So you're in Denver, Colorado. How's the market there? Uh, uh, today we're talking, you know, it's near the end of October 2022. How's the market in Denver? Well, there's been a lot of volatility recently um, since the beginning of the year. We've started off really for the past 10 being in a, a white heart hot market. Um, that really came to a culmination really at the beginning of this year. Incredible price increases and in appreciation uh, stemmed from very low inventory and a ton of demand. Yes. What we've seen since then, um, a lot of changes, especially mainly the interest rate, um, almost doubling, which has really put a giant burden on the buyers in that situation. So with less buyers, more inventory has come on the market to where now we're at not quite a balanced market. It's still statistically a seller's market. But um, the iron has definitely cooled, so to speak. Yeah, what's kind of interesting is, you know, when you look at the interest rates, uh, I'm not sure what they are right now, 4 or 5%, do you figure? No, right now they're up um, in the sevens. Really? I didn't realize it was that high. And uh, which can make a huge difference if you're buying a million-dollar mortgage. Right, exactly. And even, even lower down, I think I did the numbers where if you're – if your loan amount is around 500,000 here in Denver, our median house prices is around 600, 650, depending on what area you're at. Right. So if you're looking at a loan amount, which the conventional loan limit is up to 679, I believe. Um, but right. even in the lower amounts, you're looking at an additional thousand dollars on your principal and interest that you were not paying when the interest rates were down in the threes. So it's really put a lot of burden on people's disposable income that's already being affected by increased gas prices and energy prices and food prices. So um, the buyers have just kind of said, hey, you know, we've hit a wall here. We, we've, we've had enough. This, we, we can't pay more than X amount per month. So that's really kind of put a ceiling on different markets. Now, in some price ranges, 
people that are selling homes that have a lot of cash that they built up over the past three or four years, they're able to do some creative things either with buying down the interest rate, uh, getting an arm or adjustable rate mortgage, or just putting a lot of money down. So it's really just kind of fragmented the market um, in different yeah. areas and, and taking uh, somebody who's knowledgeable and experienced that can help guide them through that. Brilliant. Uh, I remember when I first moved uh, to uh, the Bay Area in uh, California, the because uh, it was a shocking price difference between Brampton, Ontario and the Bay Area. And it was like, oh, my God, they're so expensive here. And then after like two months, uh, I caught myself telling my wife, hey, look, honey, it's in the low 800,000s. <laughs> and it was like, did that come out of my mouth? Because a month ago, that was shocking. And it's so interesting how quickly you climatize to the market you're in. Right, exactly. You know, everything, you, you kind of feel sometimes of um, a little bit, your memory might not go back as far as you think it did. Oh, yeah. So how long have you been uh, a realtor? I've been a realtor for 10, 10 years now. Got my license back in 2012 and haven't looked back. Brilliant. Uh, were you, did you first start out with the team or solo? I first started out, well, I bought a house before I got my real estate license. Back in 2011, I knew some people who were buying foreclosures. And at that time, um, there was a lot of stuff on the market and banks were holding these assets that they had to get rid of. At the same time, there was a, a loan or a program with those foreclosures, it was called in Georgia, it was called the first look initiative. So right. for the first two weeks, when a home comes on the market, no investors could put an offer on that. And what that means is you have to write an offer that says that you're going to be the primary, it's going to be your primary residence. So a house came on the market and I wasn't necessarily looking. I had a little bit of money saved up and um, it came on the market next to the high school that I went to. So I knew the area very well. And it was for $25,000. And I called the broker and said, Hey, I'd like, I'm really interested in this house. I was looking for a place to live in and fix up. And she said, actually, you know, you're in luck. If, if it's your primary residence, you know, we can do a deal and get it done because in two weeks when it opens up to investors, it's going to get bid up. And so I talked to my dad. I relied on my dad a lot. He's a very smart guy and very experienced. And, you know, I really trust his opinion. And he kind of told me in no uncertain terms, you know, kind of go for it. And I know you're nervous about it, but uh, if you're not nervous, then, you know, you're a little crazy. Um, so nice. So you got to step in first. Nice. Right. Exactly. You know, step in first, you know, um, have a little, con he's, you know, you're a smart guy. You can figure it out. So I did. I bought that house, uh, lived in it for a little bit and was fixing it up and was living there. And another opportunity came up and I refinanced that one and bought a different one. Um, and so then I had two that I was fixing up to, to live in and rent out. And then at that time, I was kind of like, hey, you know, this is this is something I've done. Um, I kind of like it. I like being hands on. I like, you know, working with things I can see and change and so at that time, I decided to get my real estate license, and my first job was with a. It was actually a property management company who 
uh, was working with, basically they had two clients of these hedge funds that were buying up foreclosures in groups of 20 and 30. And they were slapping lipstick on them and renting them out. So I started there um, as a leasing agent, property management, but it didn't take long for me to realize that that was not necessarily the path that I wanted to take in real estate. Right. And so over the past, uh, it took me four four years or so to kind of figure out my place and was able to kind of pivot that into into using my talents and knowledge in, in a way that gives me a purpose and a goal. And that's just helping people navigate the real estate market and helping them build wealth through real estate in a number of different ways, whether that's a first-time buyer or an investor or someone looking to sell or someone looking to rent. Um, it's multifaceted and um, I, it's, it's ever learning. And that's something that's sure. to me. So did you join a team when you actually came into the market? I did not join a, oh, so this, um, when I left the property management company, I did join a team, uh, Swan Realty Group Brokerage here in um, Denver, Colorado. Nice. And uh, are you part of a team now? I am part of a team now. I'm part of Corcoran Perry, um, Denver's um, office of Corcoran Real Estate. Nice. And so... Tell me about a situation where, you know, you were just uh, doing what you were doing and, you know, the the team leader stepped in and really helped you get an insight or provide a solution that uh, you weren't seeing as, uh, you know, just uh, somebody that came into the market recently or it was just a challenging transaction where that wisdom really paid off. Did you say like a mentor or someone stepped in? Yeah, like could have been your team leader or somebody else in the industry that went home. This is how you solve this problem. That really kind of gave you an insight. Oh, okay. Here's one. I got one. So there was a, a past client. It was someone that I had been kind of communicating with for a while. And off the bat, they were really hesitant about, about working with a broker or working with somebody that it was a for sale by owner. And, um, you know, a lot of people, they fail to see the value that we, that we bring. And if it's either that, or they just don't want to pay somebody or they're doing, they think they're saving money by not having somebody help them guide through the process of selling a house, which can be riddled with a number of traps. Right. Uh, and, uh, I was having trouble getting, getting this person to, to get the listing. I knew I could help them. I knew, you know, his house would sell. I just had to convince him of my worth. And so my Sandy Swan, she still runs Swan realtor group up in evergreen. She was my, she was my broker and also kind of my mentor. And I would meet with her and she would share advice about how, how she would do things and just kind of throwing spaghetti against the wall of finding different ways around some, some uh, hesitations that people had. And so I was sitting with her. I was like, you know, Sandy, I've, I've tried every which way I've told them, you know, my marketing is, is really great. My reach is really great. You know, we can make his house look really look fantastic and get the buyer's interest that, mm -hmm. that it needs to get people through the door. Um, but you just won't uh, sign up with me. And she said, you know, well, cause there is an issue with, um, you know, getting the process through to closing. As I've always said, you know, it's, it sounds great. You can, 
get under contract and get an offer, but it really doesn't matter until you get to the closing table. So she suggested, you know, if he wants to do it himself, say, you know, great, you know, here's, you can try it on your own and just print out our offer to purchase, which is the purchase contract on a house. It's about 26 pages now. Also print out our lead-based paint addendum, our square footage disclosures, print out all the disclosures that we use for our sale and print them out. It'll be a big file. It'll be about three inches thick of papers and just say, hey, you know, I I know you'd uh, like to do this yourself. I'd like to help you out still. Here's all the documents and uh, forms and offers and things that you're going to have to fill out for your sale if and when you do get a buyer. And, um, you know, look through those. And if you have any questions on how to fill that out, you might want to call me back and we can do this the right way. And I did that. And sure enough, you know, I didn't even, (laughs) I didn't even have to get up off of my seat before he kind of flipped through and said, yeah, you know what? I think, uh, I think all this, I think I need somebody here with me to help me, you know, fill these out and, and keep myself, um, shielded from any liability. And that's nice. how I get that listing. Brilliant. It's it's kind of interesting how, uh, you know, just having that wisdom and having that experience really helps. Oh, this is how you solve it. And uh, being and then you being open to going, okay, I'm going to try that and see how it goes. So right now, challenging times, right, Andrew, for agents? It's It, it can be challenging. You know, it's, it's tough. You have to kind of cut your teeth to begin with. And you kind of trade security for freedom. Um, you have the freedom to work when you want to, but you don't have the security of a, of a paycheck. So it's really been very extra important, important to stay self-motivated and, um, and on task. Uh, absolutely. So why don't we uh, uh, help the community out five ways to stay positive in these challenging times? Cause you know, the trick really is that you need to, uh, keep on moving forward. As soon as you stop and the inertia set in and you start brooding on what's wrong, uh, everything goes uh, south. So what would be five ways you'd recommend realtors kind of stay positive and keep moving? And what activities do they need to be doing in order to kind of build a business in this market? Five ways to stay positive. Okay. One of the ways that I felt helps me stay positive is just kind of realizing that my business is, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. When I first started, I was running around with my head cut off. I was sprinting, trying to do everything at one time. And if something fell through, it was devastating. Right. You know, um, being an independent contractor and and being in this business, it, it happens. You know, sometimes you do put in a lot of work on something that doesn't bear fruit. But what I've found is that viewing it more as a marathon and not a sprint and keeping keeping an even keel, staying focused and not, you know, not getting down on 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 the mishaps and also not getting extremely high on the successes. I think um, just realizing that if you if you if you stay on task, 
put your head down, do your work. The roller coaster might go up and down, but in the long run, it, it will work out. And so my mindset has always been, you know, whether it's good or bad, it's a marathon and not a sprint. Love it. So that's number one. Now I'm going to go with number two and two would be make sure you feed some positivity into your mind every single day. And morning time is good for me. And it could be something on YouTube or a TED talk. And that allows you to stay positive and stay connected. And it keeps you going and it gives you a different mindset for the day. I like that. Brilliant. Uh, number three is to you, Andrew. Number three, I would say go back and read your past good reviews. Um, sometimes it's it's hard to forget of what you have accomplished and the, and the differences that you have made. So going back and looking at some of your past reviews or, or just going back and you know looking at a house I sold, I, I can think, oh, I remember we searched high and low for that and we finally finally got a house and you know, I'm still good friends with them. I went over there, you know, two weeks ago for a party or a cookout and they love being there. So I think taking account of some of your, some of the successes you have enjoyed, I think is sometimes easier to forget when you're always looking towards the future. Absolutely. Uh, number four, uh, whenever we do our call blocks where you got to call prospects and, you know, build your business. Uh, first call of the day should be to someone that loves you and cares for you. And it could be a past client where you've just got a really good relationship. And the last call of the day should be somebody that, uh, is going to just set the tone for the rest of your day and sandwiching all the other calls in the middle, uh, just makes them a lot easier to do when you start off with, uh, a positive loving phone call and you end the day with that. And it just allows you to, uh, keep going and being spectacular. Okay. For, for number five, for me, I'd, I'd say physical exercise, staying active, getting your blood moving, um, especially in the mornings, whether that's just going for a walk or, or in the evenings. Um, it, it really just kind of gets your body in shape and helps you kind of re release some stress that might be uh, causing your positivity to go down. Absolutely. I think the other benefit is it turns out that the number one thing you can do for uh, brain health is not doing puzzles or learning a new language. The number one thing is physical exercise because it brings more oxygenated blood into your brain and that's how you keep it healthy. So Andrew, uh, thanks so much for sharing those five things with me on how to maintain positive in this market because this is an opportunity. When things are going south, if you stay true to what you're doing and you stay diligent, this is how you gain market share and this is how you gain gain that, that resiliency. So when another downturn comes, you're not panicking. You're just saying, all right, opportunity to shine. Right. I think as a professional, you, if you have a marketable skill and confidence in yourself, the markets are always going to change. And I actually kind of look at that as a good thing. It's I, one of the reasons I, I got into real estate is, is because things change. I like finding cutting out new paths to find new things and, and, and taking on new challenges. I think um, as things do change, um, it does present unique opportunities as well as challenges that can be incredibly fulfilling to pursue. Words to live by, Andrew. Thanks so much for being on the show. Really appreciated the conversation and I'm looking forward to our next. All right, perfect. Thank you, Omar. Looking forward to next time. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 